재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Bringing you stimulating discussions on current affairs Discover the best of news and current affairs Primetime on TBS EFM Well, Russian President Vladimir Putin and Prime Minister Shinzo Abe uh, wrapped up a uh, two-day summit today focusing on economic cooperation as well as a stalled territorial dispute that has pre- prevented both countries from signing a peace treaty to end World War II. For Putin, the summit meeting marks his first official visit to a G7 country since uh, Russia controversially annexed Crimea in 2014 and questions about how the Russian leader's visit will affect the uh, geopolitical dynamics in the region remain. Obviously, South Korea is a part of this region. To give us some expert analysis, we're very pleased to be joining us, uh, to have joining us from Temple University political science professor James Brown. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us, professor. Uh, My pleasure. The uh, the summit just ended. Uh, can you just give us your overall assessment of this? Well, I think overall it's the Russian side who is going to be happier about this. Mm. The, from the Japanese side, the real priority was to try and make progress on the territorial dispute. The Russian side was more keen to talk about economic cooperation. And of those two things, we've seen no real significant progress on the territorial issue, but we have seen some interesting economic cooperation deals being signed. So as I say, I think it's the Russian side that will be happier. So no um, major breakthroughs as far as uh, what's been determined, I guess for, for our listeners' sake, the Korea Islands or the Northern Territories, um, and, and how that can ultimately, I suppose, lead to uh, a, a more warmer relationship between the two sides. Nevertheless, it does seem like both leaders have been making efforts to engage each other more often. From from the uh, Japanese perspective, Professor Brown, what is the calculation behind this? Uh, Japan, of course, uh, puts very high priority on maintaining a good relationship with the United States. We know that uh, the U.S., it's sort of a transitive property, doesn't necessarily have uh, great relations with Russia right now. Uh, what what are the diplomatic and political calculations behind Abe's uh, engagement with Putin? Well, I think there are two main things here. The first of them is Prime Minister Abe's very strong kind of personal connection to this issue. He is really determined to try and resolve the territorial dispute to sign a peace treaty with Russia. And this is connected, actually, with his father, that his father, as people will perhaps remember, was foreign minister during the 1980s. And one of his priorities was to try and improve relations with the Soviet Union and to settle this territorial dispute. He didn't manage to do so, obviously. And Prime Minister Abe has said that on many, he said on many occasions that he wants to complete the work of his father. And actually, when he was waiting for President Putin to arrive on the 15th of December, he used that time to visit the grave of his father. So clearly, he's personally committed Mm. to resolving this issue. There is a second consideration, though, and that's to do with regional security. Japan clearly prioritizes its alliance with the United States. That is the backbone of its security. But it is always concerned that perhaps... If that commitment were to be in any way undermined, 
then Japanese security would be in a, a really dangerous situation. So, in order to improve its security, Japan has been exploring, at least to a reasonable extent, other options. And one of those options is to improve relations with Russia. Now, clearly, Japan does not think that it's going to develop a full alliance with Russia. This is rather about trying to draw Russia, at least to a certain extent, away from China、mm. and to prevent what would be really a strategic nightmare for Japan of having both a hostile China and a hostile Russia. Coordinating their activities against Japan. So, in essence, he's although he obviously wishes that would not become the case, but hedging his bets、uh, in terms of、uh, a, an engagement policy with Russia keep them on Japan's side, so to speak,、uh, because the main focus and the main challenge for Japan in this region has been and always will be、uh, is is China. Yeah, that's exactly right, and. Uh, the real worry would be if Russia and China started to coordinate their activities with regard to the East China Sea, the South China Sea. If that were to happen, then that would be a real problem for Japan. So,、uh, trying to build at least some security relationship with Russia, draw Russia at least a little bit away from China, that would be very helpful. It, it's clear that they do. Obviously,、um, consult with the United States on, on various issues.、Uh, you would expect that the、uh, the United States perspective would be a little bit less,、uh, I suppose, enthusiastic about this engagement. Or, or do we know anything about that as far as how the、uh, the Americans feel in regards to yeah. Russia? Yeah, we do.、Um, that、uh, there was a phone call from President Obama in February. Uh, to Prime Minister Abe, saying that well, we're not really quite sure if you should be pursuing closer relations with Russia, and also apparently the American side has not been too pleased about the, you know, the development of、uh, this Putin visit, which has just concluded. They understood that it was going to be a much smaller occasion, focused just within Yamaguchi. And on the territorial dispute, and instead the visit has become a much larger affair and focused within Tokyo as well, and economic cooperation. So they've been quite worried about this. However, it's obviously the end of the Obama administration, and soon President Trump will be coming in. And of course, we're expecting Trump to take a less hostile stance、sure. towards Russia. So in that regard, perhaps U.S. pressure on Japan to give up on this policy would be re- reduced under a Trump presidency. And that's an interesting point you made because,、uh, with if the U.S. maybe not tacitly giving their blessings on this, but if、uh, they if if Japan feels emboldened to continue、uh, this engagement with the ultimate goal of addressing the、uh, the issue of、uh, Korea or the Northern Territories, the one question I have for you is that. As you seem to indicate in your analysis of the uh, current, uh, the recently ended summit, is that、uh, Japan didn't really get much on its end as far as any resolution to that territorial issue.、Uh, they did seem to,、uh, I, I suppose, give way to Russia's desires for more economic cooperation. Will there come a time, as far as public perception goes, where Abe is seen to be somewhat not maybe manipulated, but sort of kind of being strung along here? Yeah, I think that's good analysis. I think that that will eventually happen if、uh, no real progress is is made. For the time being, however, the Japanese side will present the Putin visit as being just the first step. Privately, they will be disappointed that not more was achieved. There was an agreement 
on discussions about joint development on those disputed islands. But overall, they'll be a little bit disappointed. They'll hope, however, that next year they can have further discussions and that this will actually eventually lead to some sort of deal. If that doesn't happen, however, eventually there will be uh, increased opposition to Abe's uh, Russia policy, and it might have to be uh, abandoned. We should remember, Mm. however, that Abe is an unusually strong Japanese prime minister. He has relatively high approval ratings, meaning that he can resist uh, a lot of domestic criticism. Right. When we talk about, then, uh, the islands... uh and how it has been such a high priority for Japan, particularly for for Abe. Can you just sort of suss through what exactly are the points of contention that need to be resolved, what can feasibly be done here? Because people know about the Senkaku Diaoyu Islets dispute. People certainly here in Korea know about uh, Tokdo. And a lot of this, the dynamics have to do with the whole cliche possession being nine-tenths of the law. Korea possesses Tokdo, uh, uh, Japan likewise with Senkaku, and then now Russia with, with the Northern Territories. What, what are they trying to find a middle ground on? Yeah, these things uh, often become very kind of complicated. We're talking about legal issues, historical issues, but to simplify... Uh, the difference between the two sides is that uh, Japan now seems willing to agree to the transfer of two of the islands plus some sort of arrangement to continue talking about the status of the larger two islands or to have some sort of enhanced access to them. So Japan willing to accept two plus something in addition. The Russian side, however, is unwilling to offer any more than just the two islands, and that would only be after the signing of a peace treaty. Mm. The Russian side is also worried that if they were to transfer any islands, then they could end up with U.S. military bases being stationed on them. So they would want to guarantee from Tokyo that after any transfer, there would be no U.S. military on there. And so we still have that gap between the two sides. Russia offering two islands on condition of uh, some guarantees being given, and Japan pushing for two plus some additional arrangements. Now, you'd think that maybe that gap could be bridged, but in actual fact, that gap has remained very solid. And um, as we've seen from the Putin visit, uh, there are no signs of that uh, gap between the two sides being closed anytime soon. This Does this dynamic remain... We talked about the... Uh sort of shift in tone if uh, Donald Trump becomes president of the United States. But if Abe uh, were to leave office uh, in a number of years, would the next um, would his successor necessarily give this much political capital to that issue? No, I think it would be very unlikely that um, Abe, as I said, has a real personal connection with this issue. He's also a strong enough uh, leader domestically to take some risks when it comes to foreign policy. When he is finally replaced in office, I think that probably that prime minister would be less personally connected with this issue and perhaps wouldn't have the strength domestically to really try and pursue this rapprochement against the interests of the United States and also against some domestic opposition within Japan. So this is very much something which is unique to to Abe and his premiership.
And the final question then, uh, how do you foresee uh, the uh, relationship between Japan and Russia evolving uh, very unpredictable elements, including Trump, including uh, how China is uh, dealing with the dynamics in the region and, and of course, all the tensions that remain uh, among all these various players? Yeah, I think in the short term, it's going to continue. I think that um, Abe, as long as he is in power, will continue to push for closer relations in the hope that this would eventually lead to a territorial deal. So that means that next year we'll have more talk about economic cooperation. There are also likely to be some security talks between the two sides. However, on that biggest uh, and most important question for the Japanese side of the territorial dispute, I don't see any progress being made uh, next year or indeed after that. All right, very good. Professor Brown, thank you very much for joining us. Really appreciate it. My pleasure.